Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode i am a business owner and i set up a foreign entity for the purpose of let's say going out getting access to funding um banks not not all banks but some banks they're they're gonna go off the age of my domestic entity good to know because if i have an entity that is a little bit older so i'm going with it right so if i have an entity that's a little bit older even though i have my foreign entity in that state let's say it's three months old but my domestic entity here in florida is i've been running operations for eight years they're gonna go off of this age i'll give you one more because a lot of us have sole props sole proprietorships and we have even if you have let's say four years on on that sole prop here's here's how you want to here's how you don't want to lose that age a lot of banks a lot of banks can go back and do what's called a paper trail and so they'll see okay you've been running as a sole prop for the last four years but now you're an llc which means by law your brand spanking new business your brand spanking new business because a sole prop you don't have a corporate veil and it's not seen as a disregarded entity. It's until you get the LLC that you're seen as a disregarded entity. And so even though on paper, it's day one with the new LLC, if you have a paper trail of, okay, I've been banking with my sole prop. I've been bringing the cash flow, I've been running my merchant accounts through it. Like this is where I've been doing business and actually back it up. They can use that to help underwrite you for bigger products, even though that LLC is brand spanking new. Listen, if you're an entrepreneur struggling to get funding because of your bad credit, then this video is for you. You see, I understand that when banks deny businesses for funding, they're not just denying businesses the capital they need, but they're also denying business owners the resources that they need to build the business of their dreams. And as a business owner, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, but I want you to know that there's a solution. Because here at Takeoff Financial, we've helped countless entrepreneurs just like you go from having poor personal credit and not being able to access funding to having perfect personal credit that they were able to leverage to access five to six figures in funding, and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation, and we'll see you on the other side of success, family. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today, huh, is a very special day because our guest today needs no introduction, but I would be remiss if I still didn't give him one. He's the host of the Insight with Irv podcast, where he talks money, trends, finances, and investments. You've seen him on Complex Magazine, the Orlando Voyager, Canvas Rebel Magazine, and the Wealthy Way with Ryan Pineda, where he's documented his journey in entrepreneurship and provides free value information to other business owners alike. This gentleman is one of the premier names when we talk about anything business funding, which is probably why he's done millions. That's right. Millions upon millions of views across all platforms like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. And today I am privileged enough to have him on this platform to do more of the same. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the one, the only. Mr. Irvin Pena. What's going on, family? How are you? Man, what an intro, bro. I love it. If I could just have that every every time. I'm, <laughs> that was that was probably the best intro I've ever had. Listen, man, you got you got you got business funding royalty on your platform. You better come correct or you don't come at all, brother. How are you? How's everything? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, again, appreciate you having me on this platform. Um, ultimate goal is just to be able to, you know, have a nice conversation around business, business funding, and and how we can help business owners. Uh, navigate this landscape turning into the new year and, and just beyond. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Well, you know, first, first and foremost, for those who may live in Iraq who don't know you, I know I did a pretty, I did an okay job introducing you, but of course I want to be able to give you the platform to introduce yourself yeah. and, you know, get the people familiar who aren't familiar. So for those who don't know, who exactly is Irvin Pena? Good deal. So I'll give like a 30,000 foot overview of who I am. So my name is Irvin Pena. Um, I run our company, which is the Insight Inner Circle, which is essentially a consulting firm where we help business owners get access to a business credit. So we're pretty much guiding them along the way, whether it's restructuring their business, taking a look at their credit profiles, both on the personal and the business side, uh, pretty much A to Z, credit to grave. Uh, so we've been doing that. We launched that back in 2022. 
Uh, mm -hmm. So at the time of this recording, we are literally like two years this month since we since we launched that offer. Uh, prior to that, I sold real estate. So I've been entrepreneur since I was about 23. So sold real estate, uh, worked in the tax firm with my brother as a, as a tax preparer. Um, so that's really where the inception of everything started. We started creating content ready to bring in more clients, both on the real estate end and also um, on, the tax, on, the, on the tax side. And mm -hmm. so during the pandemic, when that kind of like broke out, we, um, we started creating some content. So I remember t telling my wife at the time, it was around March, April-ish. I told her over the next couple of months, I see a lot of people. Not saying that I have a crystal ball, but I just felt a lot of people were really looking for news, really looking for updates. And so that's when the whole tax credits stimulus thing started going off. Uh, we started making a lot of content around that and it just organically started getting shared, uh, which naturally people ask me, so how the heck did you come across personal credit, business credit, which, you know, I, I can, I can rift on that if you want now or. Yeah, let's do it, Let, bro. Let's go. Let's do cool. it. Cool. So uh, naturally people started asking me, okay, Irv, um, you know, we had clients that they just didn't need the money, right? Mm -hmm. So they say, Hey, I have about two, three K and, you know, stimulus checks, they had kids or uh, what's this PPP thing? Like, can I use this to get my LLC set up? Can I use it to concede to scale? Uh, my credit's not that good. Can I like, how can I actually start getting business credit? Right. So naturally we started creating content around that as well on the personal side and on the business side. And so people just, again, started gravitating toward it. We started getting a, a bunch of people that weren't our clients at the time, just at our physical location. We're here in Orlando that mm -hmm. weren't our clients here physically. And so I noticed, okay, this seems to be a nationwide thing that people need help with. Right. And so let's scale. And so that's where we are now. Beautiful, beautiful. And then essentially from then up until now, if you don't mind me asking, could you talk a yeah. little bit about some of the success that you've been able to help your clients have, or just for individuals that have, whether it's been gone through some form of mentorship or coaching, or just your company yeah. as a whole, have been able to do in terms of funding they've acquired, things they've been able to do with the funding and beyond that. Yeah, 100%. So a lot of the clients that we get access to, uh, they, they come from all landscapes of business. Um, but primarily, we do construction, we do real estate, uh, we also help out with e commerce. Uh, reason why I bring that up is because if you know anything about those industries, then you know that you can only move as fast as your next project. And so typically, mm -hmm. the way that it works in construction and real estate is in order for you to acquire a deal or get access to a deal, you have to be able to fork up some of your own cash. And so the, the like the bottleneck that we've seen in a lot of these businesses is that um, they have to fork up their own savings or money from a previous project. And so if you have three or four bids, you're getting out bids, so you're losing to competitors. Right. So a lot of our clients, when they come in and we're guiding them through the process, whether it's a business credit card or a business on a credit so they can cover payroll or pick up the next project, they're now able to front a lot of that labor cost without losing those bids, which means that they're essentially doubling their business like within those first 60 days of getting access to that credit line, which mm -hmm. is a fantastic thing to be. Um, but yeah, so in terms of how we are servicing our clients, that, that's what we focus on. Uh, we take a real hands-on approach. So I know a lot of maybe other services out there, they kind of just throw people into a machine in hopes that they absorb the content, go through it. Uh, we actually have coaches in there diving in with our clients and we're walking them the entire step of the way on what to do, which banks to handpicking the products for them. And then we're also Fire. sequencing the entire funding framework for them so that they can get access to this, um, pretty much to this funding on repeat. So even if we go away, they're still able to do it on their own, which is like my whole mission with it. It's making business credit accessible to everyone. I love that, man. I love that. And I think that was one of the main reasons I was so excited to bring you on. Cause number one, brother, you are a treasure trove of information. I don't think I've ever consumed it. I, I consume your content and walk away stressing like, damn, I'm not working hard enough. I know. I, I don't <laughs> know nearly as much about personal credit and business credit as this dude. I got, I got to get back to the drawing board. So to be able to have you on to dive deeper into that, I think is absolutely, absolutely incredible, man. Now, before, of course, because you, of course, talked about how within your company, you're literally walking your clients step by step from start to finish of, yeah. you know, not having any funding to essentially having a full blown blueprint of here are the banks you need to go to. Here's what your personal credit needs to look like, business credit and beyond. And we're going to talk about those things. But before yeah. we get into that, I'm curious to know for you, how has business credit been impactful in your individual journey as an entrepreneur and as a business owner? It's been it's been a game changer. Um, so I'll answer that like in a, in a two part. So one of the things that we do now is we put everything on a, a business credit card. So I'll kind of take you behind the scenes. So I I, I personally use our uh, business Amex, our, our gold card okay. for our ads, for our ads and our marketing to pay out like the media side. So anything right. that you see like on the YouTube channel, it's literally dished out on that card. 
The other answer to that question is I would recommend, and this is maybe not the way that I would typically answer, but I think it's important because I've, I've recently made a post on this is if somebody doesn't have an actual business model just yet, or at least knows knows how to like get that first client in the door and then rinse and repeat the process. One of the things that I first did is I was practicing with, with my own money first. So it was literally some of the cash that came in. Okay. Can we duplicate this process? Okay, cool. Now let's put a business credit card behind it as your percent and then just ramp. Uh, so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're maybe still a little early on in the stages, 100%, still get your credit right. Um, still get your still get your business credit set up properly and your structure. Right. But once you figure out that model, how to get the clients in, how to put that on to repeat, then put some lines behind it. Got you. I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts on just entrepreneurs as a whole getting, do you think that business credit is for everyone? And what I mean by that is, I mean, we're both in the space. So you see the conversations. Yeah. You're always going to have people that fall on both sides of the coin. You're going to have the yeah. business owners that are like, I'm you. I'm using my own money to take care of everything. Credit is bad. Debt is the devil. Stay far away. And then you have other entrepreneurs like the Grant Cardones and beyond who like eat, sleep and breathe debt. Right. Yeah. So where do you what are your thoughts on kind of someone if I'm whether I'm a new entrepreneur or an aspiring entre entrepreneur and I'm trying to find out what side of the fence do I fall on? Mm -hmm. what is a sense of guidance or insight you can provide to somebody to help them know like, okay, cool. Based off of what Irv is saying, I think it makes sense for me to leverage that. And here's why, or vice versa. Yeah. Great question, bro. Uh, I would say it's on a spectrum. And so I, I'm not a big fan of living in the land of this or that. So if we had a big, you know, bring polar opposites, we have Dave Ramsey uh, and then we have Robert Kawasaki or we have Grant Cardone, right? right. I like to kind of, I like to kind of land in the middle and so I kind of go back to, to my original statement, where is if you wanted to reverse engineer it and maybe you're a bit more risk adverse, so you don't like using credit as much, you only like to use what you see in your account, that's totally fine. But I would kind of challenge you to kind of scale out and venture out into maybe putting a 0% card behind that thing because you can get moving and rocking a lot faster, which is what we see with our clients. Mm -hmm. Now, the other side of that is if let's say, and, I, and I'll give you like something practical, is if you wanted to test it out, give yourself a budget. So give yourself a 5K budget on the business credit side and then give yourself a 5K budget of allocation that you'd be able to give yourself of your own money that you would use mm -hmm. and then kind of just play with it there. And so the way that you want to see is, is whether I make or lose on the 5K, I'm cool with it. This is on my own funds. Same thing on the business credit side. Whether I make or lose on the 5K, I'm cool with it. But you have to set that learning budget. We do this all the time with ads when we're running a campaign. Like right. We have a, a specific card that, hey, Regardless of what happens with this campaign, if it flops, it flops. Right. It's cool. And we're and we're willing to put that on that card. I love that. I love that, man. All right. So so with that, with that being the case, what I want to do is I really want to break this thing down piece by piece for individuals yeah. that understand that they need funding, but for whatever reason, maybe they need a roadmap, a blueprint, a guide, mm -hmm. right? A sense of direction when it comes to you know, from start to finish, what do I need to do to get access to funding? Different things I should keep in mind when it comes to leveraging funding and beyond. So I wanted to take some time to dive into that with you. Yeah. Let's start with the personal side of things. Because like I said, me and you both frequent this space and we know that, you yeah. know, when it comes to getting access to the business side, if the per things on a personal side aren't taken care of, it's going to be extremely difficult, dare I say impossible, right, for you to get access to capital. So if I'm a new entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, shoot, even if I'm an experienced entrepreneur, and this is my first time venturing into accessing funding, what are some of the steps that I need to take on the personal side to make sure that my personal credit is exactly where it needs to be to where I can now go out and get access to business funding? Great question. You got to get your psychology right around money and okay. around personal credit. I see, and when I say you, I'm talking about whoever's listening to it. I see a lot of people where they say, well, I just want to get business credit so that I don't have to use my personal credit. And that's true to an extent, but I think that there's a lot of misconception as to, as to what it is. And so when I, when I say get your psychology right, I mean, take a look at how you're spending the money because this is a direct correlation of how the bank is going to mirror you for how your business is going to spend money. And so mm -hmm. if you are struggling on the personal side and the banks see that, so if you have a car payment, that you are uh, frequently missing a payment on, or if you have maybe $10,000 in uh, utilization that you've used up and then you're barely making the minimum payments on that, even if your LLC is, prop is property set up, even if you have the 90 pay, pay the score, which means probably absolutely nothing inside of, of the banking world anyways, you're not going to get access to the credit lines that, that you're looking for because right. you are seen, uh, you're seen as a risk. And mm -hmm. so 
Um, the other side of that is a lot of people think that just because you are getting access to business credit, you can completely just ignore what's happening on the personal side. And this is where the whole non-PG story comes into play. I mean, I'll kind of, dude, I'll take the heat for it. That, a lot of that is BS. And so 99.9% .9 of the products that you guys see out there are going to be personally guaranteed. Talk and about so it. You have, you have your personal, you have your business credit, and then you have your corporate credit. So a lot of a lot of times we we misconstrued business credit with corporate credit. And so business credit is when you're personally guaranteed, meaning you're using your own personal credit to co-sign on behalf of the business. Right. Corporate credit, that's like the next level. But for that, your business needs to be three or four mil over mm -hmm. the last 24 months in consecutive revenue. Um, right. I know it's sexy. I know we want to we want to bypass it. But if you can get your personal hygiene in check first, everything else opens up. I love it. I love it. I hope I answered the question. That was like a, I went like a side entrance. On, on on point, couldn't ask you to give me any more. I love it. So now I want to talk about different components that make up just the structuring and the building out of personal credit. Yeah. For, you, for you personally, you know, I know a, a key component of getting our personal credit structured is building it out, right? And having as strong yeah. of a profile as possible because the stronger the personal profile is, it makes it that much easier <laughs> for us to leverage it to get access to what we're looking for on the business mm -hmm. side. Where What are your thoughts on secured cards? Because once again, that's also another conversation where in the credit space, you got people that shadow both sides of the fence. For me personally, yeah. I'm, I, I despise them with all my heart and soul when it comes <laughs> to just building out personal credit because I feel like there's yeah. so many better options that are available out there. And then you yeah. have other individuals that swear by it. So I'm curious to know where you stand on that, on that, uh, in that spectrum. One of the ways that I rebuilt mine was using a secured card. So yeah, I'm probably well. going to, I'm probably going to side to it, use it. Uh, I right. probably would have done it a little bit differently. So I'll give you some context around it. If I am looking at maybe a secured card, mm -hmm. I, I screwed up. I did open sky at the time. Oh, no, terrible. Oh, I'm no, not a, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the product. So I would maybe get something that graduates. And so context around graduates is let's say you've been using the secured card for six months to a year as an example, six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. They then send you an offer for it to be unsecured. Sometimes they'll give you that deposit back, or sometimes they'll just use that credit toward toward the unsecured line. Mm -hmm. So a disc discover. If I would have gone back, I probably would have done discover because it graduates. Right. Uh, but I like um, if we're talking about building it out. So yep. I'll give you again, again more um, kind of like context around it. Is one secured card fine? Really, installment loans is like the land that that you want to be in. Mm. If this would have been three, four years ago, bro, I probably would have sided with um, having three or four AUs, authorized users. I don't recommend okay. that anymore. Um, I think two. I don't know if you're seeing that as well, but no more than two authorized users. Anything more than that, it's not really doing much in terms of underwriting to get people actually approved. A lot of Very banks true. want to see pri primaries now. And so yep. at the bare minimum, just to get talking to a bank, at least three primaries. People tend to say at least 5K for one of the accounts. I'm going to say 5K average. So mm -hmm. that means that you're actually going to need a, a, a bit more of a buffer. So one of the accounts is going to be 10K, one of them seven, and then maybe one of them at six. Mm -hmm. That'll land at the five. So don't misconstrue that with, oh, just one of the accounts needs to be 5K. No, no, no. The average of all your accounts needs to be at least 5K. Um, I mean, man, we had a file last week that got pushed through with just three accounts. That's crazy. Just, yeah, just three crazy. accounts, and they, got, and they got access to a 15K line over at Chase. So Chase there is actually go. writing really aggressively right now. So that's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So, th so then now from there, right. I, I, I have a framework in terms of, okay, cool. These are, this is the different steps. This is the, the structure that I should have for my personal report. If we're thinking big picture, because ultimately everything mm -hmm. we do on the personal side is to set us up on the business side. Right. Yeah. If I'm coaching someone up or if I'm trying to give that, <clears throat> this, this entrepreneur, that sense of, sense <clears throat> of direction, when we're looking for different accounts or different credit lines of credit on the personal side to really strengthen our report, should we be looking at banks and lenders that we are also looking to get business funding from in the big picture as well? Right. Cause I know of course in our space, we talk about like building relationships and things of that nature. So for me, all right, cool. If I know, I know I want to get business credit from chase, let me go ahead and get some personal credit first. So then that way, when I swing back, they already see that I have that relationship with them. How am Mm -hmm. Is that a strategy or approach we should take? Is it something that it's like you, you have to do it or is it kind of like 50-50 yeah. to where it depends on the person? It's going to depend on the on the industry. So I'll okay. give you some context around it. If So you're 100% right on if you have, let's say, a personal credit card. I always say use that as a bridge to build up the relationship. So you're, so you're mending that relationship two ways. You're building it out. First way is getting the account open. And then second way is getting a product. So that 100% right. works. The other side of that is making sure that that 
that that bank actually has an appetite, an appetite for your specific business. So PNC, for example, which gets thrown around quite a bit, rightfully so. PNC is a fantastic bank. Lovely. So bank. P PNC, lovely bank. So lovely PNC, bank. if you have a, let's say, I'll give you guys some some industries that that they just love to 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 get pre-approved on or to qualify on. You have the healthcare industry, mm. you have the manufacturing industry, you have the wholesale industry. And then you have the education history, uh, um, education industry. Those, mm -hmm. for the most part, are all different industries that they like to underwrite in. Now, I can have the best credit profile with my business structure the right way. If mm -hmm. that bank doesn't do business with my line of work, I'm, 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 I'm shooting blanks at that point. Right. I love it. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, now we took care of things on the personal side. Personal, mm -hmm. personal good. We set. We're ready to fly. Yeah. You understand? Let's 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 now shimmy over to the business side of things. This is this is where the yeah. fun happens, the magic happens. Mm -hmm. This is where things get exciting. You understand, Irv? Yeah. I took yeah. care of things on a personal side. I'm now ready to go ahead and start taking those actionable steps to get business credit. We're starting from scratch here. Remember, what is the first <clears throat> step that I'm taking in now putting myself in position? I took care of the personal. What's that first step for me now to get closer to the business funding I'm trying to get for my company, for my LLC? And this is assuming our, our credit is Gucci, like 750 we're, plus. Like, like we're credit, 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 beautiful. Okay. This is, A1. This is beautiful. A1. Got it. So first thing we're doing is making sure for the context of the call um, or really, uh, you know, the, for the pod, I'm going to be using an LLC. Okay. And so first thing that I'm doing with an LLC is I am taking a look at the naming convention. Now, I'm about to say some things on this pod that you're probably going to kick me out for. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to go against the grain a little bit. Let's do it. Um, I don't know if you saw my last video on the tiers, on what actually freaking matters when banks are underwriting. And so there's really only really three things that are going to matter okay. with the bank. Now, that's not to say, caveat on it, that's not to say that you don't want to work on these other things, mm -hmm. but you want to have these in place right here. Naming okay. convention is gonna is gonna be the first place that I'm looking at. That is a a a real and viable thing that the banks and underwriters are looking at. I know this because we've had underwriters that I physically sat in on calls with, and they told me, "No, we are 100% taking a look at the uh, at the business name." And so, mm -hmm. if that rings maybe something outside of that lending appetite, appetite that I gave you, they're gonna kind of like um, downgrade that application, so to speak. And then now they're gonna instead of giving you maybe 25k, okay, let's downgrade it to maybe 15. Right. So mm -hmm. you just pretty much took took a about a 40 percent decrease on that just off that one mistake. Wow. Second thing that I, the second thing that I will look at would be the business address. Um, a lot of us like to look at uh, virtual office addresses. And again, I know that this is going to go against uh, popular belief, but hear me out on this. Depending on where you're getting your, your virtual office address, if you do a quick Google search, be careful that it's not similar. Like if you do a Google search to a phone number where it says scam likely, there's some mm -hmm. addresses that are linked to cases because mm -hmm. everyone is everyone is kind of using that same address. So there was one address that I forget the name of it um, off of, I think it was either uh, Regis or Opus, which I, I, I like both of them. But this one specific address that they had, someone had done something that now that case from like that channel, from that news channel was linking back to that address. And so every time it came up, there was a record attached to it. At mm. that point, either take a look at the address and say, call the registered agent or the virtual office address. Hey, can I get a separate address or swap it out altogether? So I'm going to give you guys a gem. You're probably going to be better suited if you just use your home address as a business. That's controversial. Or you, you gotta, yeah, I, I know mean, that's controversial. That very controversial, also, brother. I know it's controversial. I know it's controversial. But the only time that you're going to use a virtual, I'm sorry, a personal address for your business is if it's an actual business that you can run from your house. And so if you, let's say, run a car dealership, then at that point, you can't use a home right. address. You would have to use a brick and mortar or a virtual. If right. I'm doing, let's say, this right here, media, I can use my home address on the application. Now, that's not to say that I would necessarily use my home address on the LLC because I still want to have that protection. I don't want people knowing where I live. So you can right. still have the virtual address on the LLC. But when you get to the bank, and this is why it's important to have those relationships with the bankers, when you get to the bank and you let them know, hey, I know that this is what it says on the LLC, but I actually do business from my home. So when we're underwriting it, can you guys process it through my home address? And that's actually going to serve you better. Again, um, we've we've dealt with this where we have clients use either or, mm -hmm. play around with it. 
in your own business, guys. And so just see which one is going to best suit you. And then number three, in regards to what I see really moves the needle. So quick recap, LLC name, the business address. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, oh, no, I'm saying, I'm counting. Oh, yeah. okay. yeah. I, I thought you had a thought off. No, no, no I'm uh, counting. <laughs> uh, the third thing that I really see moves the needle is going to be business credit. Now, mm -hmm. it's not the business credit that you're prob probably thinking uh, with it being like a paydex score. I'm talking about business credit lines that are already reporting. So okay. there's like a business credit line with Chase. So if you have like the small business financial exchange, which is collecting that data, and then they're spitting it back out to Dun & Bradstreet, they're spitting it back out to Experian Business or Equifax, you want to have financial accounts, not trade lines. So don't confuse this with uh, a paydex. Like don't even waste your time with the paydex unless that's the actual route that you want to take. Um, you're not going to be able to, to get the kind of working capital you actually want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me let me unpack that. Let me unpack that a little bit. I want to first start off with naming conventions. Let's dive a little bit more yeah. into that. Yeah. You have a company where you're literally servicing hundreds, if not thousands of individuals that are going through this process on a daily basis. What are some mm -hmm. of the common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to naming their businesses that they can mm -hmm. now avoid before they go to these banks and before they go to these lenders? Because like you mm -hmm. said, it's the difference between 15K and 25K. That's a $10,000 difference, if that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what are some of the mistake, biggest mistakes that you see a lot of entrepreneurs are making when it comes to these naming conventions that we can help them avoid? Um, I see names that you can't even use. So every state's going to be a little bit different. But for example, you can't use things like bank. You can't think have have names like insurance mm. uh, inside of the actual naming convention. So just Google search. What names can I have or not have inside of state, Florida, uh, Nevada, New York. Right. And then from there, you can work it backwards. So that'll be the first piece. Second thing that I see is they're using names that are already taken. So that actually sends a red flag to the banks where they're like, okay, is this for, is this for this business right here that already has a trademark on, let's say this brand, or is it for right. this brand new business right here? So always do that reverse search as well. Right. And then lastly, they're using things like, and I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again, if, if you guys haven't heard it, things like um, real estate, capital investments, um, again, insurance. That's not to say that you're not going to get business credit, but we're like, like me and you, we're trying to help them hedge their bets as much as possible. And right. so removing that is going to drastically increase your approval odds tenfold. 50% of businesses fail within the first five years and 38% of those businesses fail due to lack of access to capital. But 100% of business owners who are watching this aren't gonna have that issue because I'm about to teach y'all how to bankroll your business. What's going on family? My name is Marvin Francois and back in 2020, I was a new entrepreneur with little to no idea on how I was gonna build my first successful business. But fast forward a couple of years later, I've been able to build multiple successful six-figure businesses by leveraging business credit and today I want to give entrepreneurs the game on how they can do the same. So this Thursday, I'm going to be hosting my free bankroll your business masterclass where I'm going to teach you for how to go from having bad personal credit and little to no business funding to having perfect personal credit and access to a minimum of $50,000 in funding for your business. Spots are going fast and the clock is ticking. So if you haven't already, click the link above or below this video to secure your seat and I'll see y'all on Thursday. Peace. Thousand percent. Now going over um, business address, you, you you know we're we're pretty clear cut there. I want to talk more so about you know what you said with business credit because I think yeah. even now one of the biggest things that I see people that either come to my company or I see it, whether it's in comment sections on YouTube or Instagram, emails and beyond, people that are still going the route of uh, Net Thirties, Quill, Granger, Uline. Um, trying to get their paydex score up to a certain amount because they swear up and down that that is going to be the difference maker between them not being able to get funding, which is where they are now and getting access to mm -hmm. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus thousand dollars in funding. Mm -hmm. You talked before about not necessarily going that route, but going an alternative route when we talk about building out business credit. Could you talk a little bit, dive a little bit deeper into that? Yeah, absolutely. So you have to understand that when the bank is looking at your file, they're going to be taking a look at products that they dish out. So it would be unreasonable for me to go to a pizza shop, ask for pizza um, when I'm looking at a menu and I'm wanting burgers. So that's what's happening here. So if I'm looking at net 30s and that's all they see on my account, they say, hey, that's nice. Great job. But that's a vendor account. We want to see financial accounts. And so another form of financial accounts is obviously business credit cards. We've talked about that business lines of credit. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. But then the other side, I know that me and you kind of went back and forth on the secured cards. Mm -hmm. um, but using secured products on the business side can be a game changer, especially 
if maybe you're doing like a secure line of credit because it's going to give you uh, a credit line that's going to be issued out that they can see that they can see almost as a match that oh we can match that and so banks are very competitive and so they'll say okay if let's say chase gave them a uh credit line for 15k we're bank of america that, that's a competitor we want to match that we'll give them a 20 or mm -hmm. we'll at least match it we'll, we'll give them a 15 right versus if there's nothing there kind of like job offers if there's nothing there then it's like dude take the salary take it or leave it right, right. There, there, there's nothing there's nothing to compete against and so when you are adding credit lines to your profile uh, banks are having dual dual scores now, not D-U-O, but D-U-A-L, dual scores, which is them taking a look at your personal and your business. And so when you're setting it up, again, be mindful that experience score and that Equifax score, that's what you want to be looking at because those typically report financial accounts. With Dun & Bradstreet, that's just all trade lines, or I'm sorry, vendor accounts, which is net 30s. It's not, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm assuming 99.9% .9 of us that are on here, we want what's called real cash value credit which yep. means I can use that to go fund the deal. I can use that to go pay my guys on my team to then scale out. That's what we're talking about here. The vendor accounts, that'll be a completely different like topic. Now, that's now now to dive even further, right? One of the things you mentioned at the top of us getting into like the business credit section of this conversation is you talked about the entity structure and you said I'm going LLC. So I'm curious yeah. to know when it comes to structuring, because we have LLC, we have S Corp, we have C Corp, we have sole props and beyond. Mm -hmm. How big, how big, if it does at all, does ent entity structure play a role into how much funding we're able to get for our business? It does. If so, if we're looking at an LLC or an S Corp, you have to keep in mind that the 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 type of entity that you pick has to go hand in hand with with what you're looking to do and so what that means is if i have let's say an llc and i have a business inside of let's say i'll give you actually give me a popular one like what are, what do most people ask you about in terms of banks or in terms industry like an industry popular industry that you typically uh, hear usually most of the people that come to me are usually in like real estate okay Real estate's a good one. So with real estate, you don't necessarily need, now this isn't always the case, but with real estate, you don't necessarily need to have the world's biggest team to have a real estate property management company or to have a real estate firm or to do real estate deals, mm -hmm. right? And so if, whenever you're looking at that category, a lot of what goes into the LLC and the and, and like the actual structure of it, they're also taking a look at how many employees are typically placed under that company or under that entity. Mm. And so that also plays a role into, okay, if, if I go with an LLC and then it kind of like drops down a little bit, how many employees are typically in this industry? You mm. see what I mean? Right. And so that also plays a role into how, or, or the actual structure that, that you decide to pick as well. Okay. Beautiful. Oh, we getting, we, this is getting, this is getting good. Let me sit up. Let me sit up. Cause I forgot who I brought on the podcast. Let me sit up. I got some questions. Or I got some questions. I need all the information. All right, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So now yeah, let's run it. another thing you talked about earlier as well, you talked about bank tiers, right? And I know yeah. you, you, you've made videos talking about it before and you've touched on it slightly, but I want to dive deeper into that as well. For people who are watching this, who aren't familiar, how exactly, what are bank tiers? How do they work when it comes to the funding process and why are they so important for us to know as we're creating a strategy around getting our, ourselves business funding? Yeah, great question. So the way that I look at bank tiers is I look at them right around threefold. So you have top tier, you have mid tier, and then you have lower tier. And so let's break that down. So your top tier is like your Chase, your Wells Fargo's, um, your Bank of America's. Those have the most, uh, those have, first of all, they have the biggest market cap. And then second, they also service the most uh, the the majority of the clients. So whenever you see a bank collapsing, those are typically the banks that are acquiring the smaller banks, right? Mm. So that's the top tier. You have the mid tier, which is more of like your regional. So think of them only being on the East Coast. So think of them only being in New York, South Carolina, Florida, like only on the East Coast or in Georgia. Uh, those will be more of like your truest. I I would say PNC, but PNC is getting a little bit bigger. But I'm still going to include PNC in that mid tier, along mm -hmm. with like a truest. And then lastly, you'll have your lower tier, which is the local banks or the local credit unions that only underwrite either in your city or in your state. And so actually, I'll, I'll, I'll rift on this. When, when we are creating a structure for a, let's say, um, and please reverse engineer this for you guys. So I'm giving it to you so you guys can so you guys can get to the point where you can learn how to do this yourself 
And so you can really think about the process, which is why I create the content that I do. It, it isn't just to, to do like, uh, you know, credit reviews, although that's awesome, but it's to really see, okay, how can I reverse engineer this for my own business? And so the way when I'm structuring it, I'm taking a look at, okay, what are two top banks that I can hit? What are our two middle banks or, you know, uh, tier two banks that I can hit? So two, at, two for tier one, two for tier two, and then what are two tier three banks that I can hit? And so, or two credit unions at the end. So I'll have the hardest ones to get at the top because they don't like to see newer accounts coming in. Mm. And so that's why I actually have them at the top versus a credit union. A credit union, I leave, I leave for the end because you can get those all day. They're, they're wanting to see your business. Very true. So I'll get the tougher ones first. I'll leave the middle ones because I know that this is going to be less competition. So it's only people in my state. Right. And then lastly, I'm going to leave the credit unions because now it's only people within 40 to 50 miles of my geographic uh, location or, you know, mm -hmm. where I do business specific to my industry. Okay, perfect. Now I want to break those tiers down, but before I do something very interesting. So you broke your tiers down into three as mm -hmm. I've always known the tiers to be in tiers of four, right? So you have mm -hmm. tier one, which is national, national banks, Tier two is like regional. So like you said, like state, state specific yeah. three or credit union. There was one tier that I'm used to, I, I know of, but you didn't mention mm -hmm. it. I'm curious to know if you intentionally did that, which is mm -hmm. the, the subprime financials, right? The Elon financials and the synchrony banks of the world. Do you not, can, yeah. like, you don't, do you not even pay attention? Yeah. I see you sitting no, up. No, we do. No, 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 we do. No, no, we do. We do. Okay, so talk 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 to me about that. I'm curious. Do you not include do do you I mean for you personally or even for your clients, do you include those in funding sequences that you're putting putting we together do. or no? Yeah, we do. So, I'm going to give you guys a lot of help here. You always want to leave those for last. Here's why. Okay. If you do Elon so Elon Financial and I'm gonna, and I'm assuming I'm assuming, this should just be a recap. So, if you know this, just give me like 10 seconds. Elon Financial is a subsidiary of US Bank, right? We figured because we've dealt with this before where we had a client came in and had two Elon financial cards when they went back to U.S. Bank because it was within a six-month span. They actually got denied at U.S. Bank. Oh, wow, so okay. it actually ended up hurting them. It didn't help the relationship. So we asked the bank, okay, going forward, what can we do to kind of fix this? So they said, okay, right. you, would have them, you would have them apply for kind of like the, 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 the mom product or like the dad product and then have them come in into an Elon financial, which is like the subsidiary, which is the umbrella. So the company that they oversee and then have, have them apply for that. And so you have um, you have TCM as well. You have HT. Uh, I think it's HTLF. That that's another. And then you have Elon. Those are like the three big ones that you, okay. that you tend to see out there. Um, and then you have I think it's to total card total card management or total card assets. Those are really the main ones that you see. And so you're right. So those are a lot easier to get, which would be a fourth pillar. But I will leave them at the bottom still. Interesting. I only like I said, only reason I brought them up in my mind, I thought you intentionally left it out because most of the individuals I know either do funding mm -hmm. or have some experience with funding, they speak down on tier fours. Or that's they, they speak down on them. They say stay far away. I don't know from why. Me. I, I don't know why. for me, listen, my, listen. It all my my theory on money is it it all prints from the same mint. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Now, granted, we know that tier ones and tier twos have certain advantages and you know things of that nature. But at the end of the day, if if I'm able to get twenty five thousand dollars in funding from US Bank, I'm gonna say no. You think I'm going to say no? Oh, yeah. I got, I got to get that back. You understand? So this, <laughs> I, I just wanted to make sure because I thought you intentionally yeah. left it out. But okay. So now let's let's circle back to tier twos, right? So yeah. tier twos, like you talked about, mm -hmm. and to, to kind of dive deeper into, those are the regional banks of the world, right? The key banks, the mm -hmm. truces and beyond that are state specific. They're not available all across the country, right? Mm -hmm. So now one of the things I've heard of, especially when it comes to tier twos, especially for people who do funding, I've heard people mention things like, okay, uh, uh, foreign entities. Yeah. And how you can leverage foreign entities, right, to essentially be able to get access to these tier twos, whether mm -hmm. you're in Nashville and there are banks that are only available in D.C. and Cat, wherever it may be, how the foreign entity is kind of like the middleman that bridges the gap between the two. Uh, do you have any personal experience using them? Could you dive yeah. a little bit deeper into what a foreign entity is for people who are watching this right now who do don't know? And how can we go about using them to now get access to these tier two uh, financial institutions? Yeah, great question. So uh, essentially, so I have an LLC, which is my domestic entity, which is, let's say, here in Florida. And then I have my foreign entity that, that I set up in Georgia, which is just another way of me being able to. It's, it's just another pretty much a document that says I can do business in the state of Georgia. Now, quick, quick caveat for this. Um, if you're not careful, this is why you guys always want to talk to your accountants about it, is you can create something called the Nexus. 
which means that it becomes a taxable event. And so if I'm doing business in that state and every state's going to be different. So I know that for like Cali, if I am opening up operations and I have a lease or if I have at least one employee, that's known as a nexus. So I have double tax. Now I have taxed. I'm here in Florida and I'm also taxed in Cali. So just, you know, quick side note on that. So when you guys are setting up your nexus, but going back to the question, um, the other thing that you want to pay attention to, bro, is if I am a business owner and I set up a foreign entity for the purpose of, let's say, going out, getting access to funding, um, banks, not or not all banks, but some banks, they're they're going to go off the age of my domestic entity. Good to know, because if mm. I have an entity that is a little bit older, you I'm going with it. Right. So if I have an entity that's a little bit older, even though I have my foreign entity in that state, let's say it's three months old. But my domestic entity here in Florida is I've been running operations for eight years. They're going to go off of this age. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know so this. We're, 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 we're seeing that as well. Yeah, we're seeing that as well. Interesting. Okay, so how do we now go about getting a, like, how do you even set a foreign? Because I hear people talk about all the time, but I've never really heard someone say, okay, if you want to get a foreign entity, do this, this, that. Like, what does that process look like? So you would go on the Secretary of State or you would go on Inc. File. And then you would just say where it says um, set up business. So it's, again, every state's going to be different. But in the state that you're opening it up, so it'll say setting up, not domestic entity, setting up foreign entity. Okay. And then you would and then you would pretty much display this is the actual state that the uh, home LLC is located in. But I plan on doing business, let's say, in this state as an example, right? Uh, gotcha. Which is why I, I mentioned when you guys are setting it up, just be careful because you can set up that nexus. And last thing I would want is for somebody to get double taxed on it when you're really just looking to get funding. Got you. So then, and then like you said, and now that, once again, that's a gem for me. Once you create these foreign entities, just to mm -hmm. reiterate, essentially the domestic entity and the age of that domestic entity is yeah. even though using the foreign entity to get the funding, the banks are looking at the overall age of the domestic entity when it comes to how much funding they're going to give you. Bingo. I'll give you one more because a lot of us have sole props, sole proprietorships. And we have, even if you have, let's say four years on, on that sole prop, here's, here's how you want to, here's how you don't want to lose that age. Okay. A lot of banks, a lot of banks can go back and do what's called a paper trail. And so they'll see, okay, you've been running as a sole prop for the last four years, but now you're an LLC, which means by law, your brand spanking new business, your brand spanking new business, because a sole prop, you don't have a corporate veil and it's not seen as a disregarded entity. It's until you get the LLC that you're seen as a disregarded entity. And so even though on paper, it's day one with the new LLC, if you have a paper trail of, okay, I've been banking with my sole prop, I've been bringing the cash flow, I've been running my merchant accounts through it, like this is where I've been doing business and actually back it up, they can use that to help underwrite you for bigger products, even though that LLC is brand spanking new. Let me tell you something. I'll, if you drop another gem on this episode... I'll fly to Orlando. I won't even stop recording. I'll get up from the seat. I'll drive to the airport. Fly to Orlando right now and shake your hand. I won't even stop recording. Fly back and keep the episode going. You drop another gem. You better, you better be careful, brother. We'll keep the camera rolling. Listen, that's crazy. I once again, I myself didn't even that's that is nuts. That is absolutely crazy. So okay, so let's let's if we're diving deeper into just tears, bank tears, right? We talked about. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we covered tier one, we covered tier four, we covered tier three, excuse me, tier two to talk about tier three. Cause that's credit mm -hmm. unions, right? Tier two, yeah. there's a bit of a, a strategy that we can leverage to get access to them, which is those foreign entities. Mm -hmm. Tier three is a little bit trickier because with these credit unions, you know, and I know these are financial institutions that are specific to certain groups of individuals. Mm -hmm. So with tier yeah. three, right, you know, and I know it's like, okay, cool. We have Navy federal that's specific to people who have served or who have family members who have yeah. served. You got credit unions for teachers, for firefighters, for yeah. police officers and all these different things and beyond. Mm -hmm. Are there strategies or ways that I can go about cultivating relationships with some tier three financial institutions um, that maybe I'm not privy to or the audience isn't privy to that we can now, you know, essentially put them on to so that they know and they can take the game and run with it? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, when it comes to credit unions, a lot of them, obviously, well, they're, they're member based. So that that's first and foremost, but a lot, if not most of them, they'll have you donate to a, a cause of their choice. So that'd be like the first method is take a look at, you know, and it's right on the website. Like they're not even hiding right. it. Hey, donate five bucks to this cause right here, you know, children to battle cancer or whatever. And this is what, uh, you know, what will we'll get you access to an account. Um, the other way that you guys can do it is if you have, let's say a relationship. So if you have a family or a relative that maybe lives in that state. Or that works or does worship. That's another one in that area. Um, you'll also be able to get access to it that way. 
Now, if maybe you are taking the business route, which points back to what you said, they can be a little bit more difficult, Mm -hmm. is when you are setting up your business address, and this is going to be 100%, it's going to be a virtual office address because you can't use your home address. Obviously, you don't live here. So I don't live in Georgia. So if let's say I am setting up a foreign entity in Georgia, I'm going to take a look at the side or the section of the city that is the most bank populated or bank dense um, or credit union dense. And so I'm trying to see, okay, I'm trying to see hundreds of banks that I have around this address that I'm about to plop on. So I'll do a quick Google map search. Okay. Do we have a virtual office address that I can purchase here? You're probably asking Irv, why would you do that? A lot of credit unions, they don't want to fund or lend out to any business outside of a four right around 30 to right around a 50 mile radius right. from where that business is located because they just want to serve the local economy and rightfully so. Right. And so when you're doing that, keep that in mind when you're setting it up that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. So, so we have the bank tiers covered, right? We gave, we gave them the full mm-hmm. blueprint on that. Um, another key component, well, the key component of this funding mm-hmm. process is essentially the funding sequence. Right. Yes. So yes. we hear that word get thrown around a lot on social, on YouTube and beyond. I want to mm-hmm. make sure that people understand just the inner workings of what a funding sequence actually is. So for those yeah. who don't know, what is a funding sequence? Why is it so important to us getting access to business credit? Right. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just go to any bank under the sun and just, you know, send an application here and send an application there and get $100,000 in funding? Mm-hmm. You know, why is this funding sequence so important to this process? Yeah, great question. So the funding sequence is, is essentially the products uh, that you are going to be applying for within the time, pretty much within the time frame that you're going to be going after them. So if I am going to be going after, um, I, I'll rip one right now, uh, Chase, uh, we'll do KeyBank, and then let's say I'll leave PNC for last as an example. In that example, I'm going to hit Chase first, uh, Chase um, key bank, and then I'll, I'll leave PNC. PNC has been a little bit easier to get. So I'll leave PNC last. Mm-hmm. And so I'm mapping out which products do I want. So I'll probably hit a, a Chase Sapphire card over, I'm sorry, not a Chase Sapphire, I'm sorry, a, a Chase Business Inc. because we're on the business side. So a Chase Business Inc. 0% 12 months on the uh, over, over with Chase. And then with key bank, assuming I have an, an LLC at least six months or older, I'm going to be taking a look at maybe one of their lines of credit. And then I'm going to, you know, run that in tandem with a business credit card. And then I'm going to, uh, with PNC, I'm going to take a look at maybe one of their no-to-load no dock mm-hmm. over, on, over on the 100K side. Um, realistically, lately, it's been 75K, but that, that, that's what they've been running over there. Now, the reason why you want to already have your product set up on which ones you're going to hit first is because if you put that out of order, then it throws up the whole sequence out of whack. And so now Chase says, oh, wait a minute, you've already been trying to fish for credit or you've yep. been trying to get access to credit with these two banks. No, no, we're good. So that's why I put Chase up here because PNC, you can have a little bit higher on the utilization or on the newer accounts and those will take you in. So that, diving more into that, right? Another key component um, that you and I both know when it comes to how we're structuring our funding, because there's no there's no one size fits all when it comes to a funding sequence. There are literally hundreds no. of thousands of banks all over the place Different that we can ways, pick and choose. Forms. You yeah. understand that we can pick and choose from to get to the ultimate goal, right? Of getting yeah. X amount of funding for our business. But I know that when it comes to creating the funding sequence, one key mm-hmm. component of building out that strategy mm-hmm. is being very clear on where these banks and where these financial institutions pull from, right? Yeah. That's something we definitely want to make sure we know. So I'm curious to know for you personally, mm-hmm. how are you going about figuring out where, I mean, after a while, especially because you have a Rolodex certain banks, you just know, right? Yeah. But for for someone who's starting out who's trying to build out their own funding sequence what are some of the different things that you do or did to figure out where these banks are pulling from that mm-hmm. if i'm watching this i can now do to be able to go ahead and see okay bank a pulls from experian bank b pulls from transunion and bank c pulls from from, from ecofax i got my funding sequence let's go hit the ground running yeah um it's hard to tell sometimes because again the same time six months ago i would have said chase just hits experian Chase is trying to pull the American Express play now where they are hitting Experian and TransUnion. Oh, dear. So, there, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So, so this, you know what I mean? So this six months right. ago, it wasn't like that. Um, so the main thing I would say is community. So if you get involved in a community where they can share data points, now take that with a grain of salt, because depending on where in the country somebody's located, um, that can skew where that bank is pulling from. Um, also, depending on the banker, so bankers won't necessarily tell you where they pull from, but sometimes if I have a banker and I say, hey, just out of curiosity, like, 
where have you been seeing the most credit pulls from lately? Sometimes they'll say, I've been seeing more of TransUnion. But at that point, you got to have a relationship with the banker. I've been seeing TransUnion or I've been seeing Experian. Uh, a lot of times they'll give you like the canned answer. So, oh, we pulled all three. So, no, 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 no. But which one ha have you been seeing lately? Right. And so we have, you know, that that's one of the routes that I take. So, again, just group think with everyone. So on the community side, kind of like seeing what, what's happening in, in the right. landscape. And also just flat out going to the source and asking them. 38%. That's the amount of entrepreneurs that are struggling to get their business funded because their personal credit isn't where it needs to be. Now you can look into alternatives like corporate credit cards and vendor accounts, but the truth is the easiest way to get access to five to six figures in funding is to have good personal credit. As an entrepreneur, the stress of trying to build a successful business is already enough as is. So why work harder than you need to when you can simplify the funding process by getting your credit restored? My my company, Takeoff Financial, has served hundreds of entrepreneurs just like you by helping them avoid the pain of getting denied for business funding by restoring their personal credit, and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation, and let's put you in position to get you funding that your business needs. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm curious to know from your experience, because this is also something that I, I've, I've dealt with myself, and yeah. this it was when I first got into the space, I heard this up and down uh, uh, the space, the industry. Well, we're talking about the application process of going out and getting funding, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of going to both sides of the coin once again. I've heard of individuals talking about if you want to maximize the amount of funding that you get approved for, you want to mm -hmm. make sure that you're implying in branch, no if, ands, or buts about it. Mm -hmm. I thought you were then, going somewhere else with the question, but go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Well, there you go. But then, then you have individuals who are on the other side of the coin who are who. And I heard this when I was first coming into the space. If you want to get the most amount of funding, you got to do it online. You got to apply at four o'clock in the morning because you're going to get a computer, and it's the computer that's going to give you the max amount of funding. What has your experience been mm -hmm. with the with with you know essentially both of these? I don't know if I would call them myths or theories. But for the clients that you work with and even for yourself, are, is there any truth to, you know, what side or what approach is mm -hmm. going to help us to increase the amount of funding we're getting approved for? Yeah, great question. If it's if it's a tier bank going person. Yeah, if it's a tier bank going person, um, even though a lot of that is algorithm driven, uh, they still have a little bit of say on whenever they're dealing with the underwriter, especially mm -hmm. if it's more on the B-lock side, then they definitely have more of a say. Mm -hmm. uh, versus maybe just a business credit card application. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at, let's say, a smaller bank, believe it or not, and this is the funny part, they would say, well, you know, going, if it's a smaller bank, nine times out of 10, they're underwritten by Elon Financial. At that point, just apply in person. The mm -hmm. only time that that would make sense, I would vouch for going in person versus online for any Elon Financial is smaller banks don't have Elon Financial underwriting for them on the on the BLOC side. They only have it for them on the, on the credit services, credit Got card you. services, I should say. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. And then 4, 4 a.m., I haven't seen a difference, honestly. Maybe it worked back in the day. I haven't seen much of a difference, whether it's 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. I was told you got to apply. Well, earlier on, you got to apply. It's four, you got to wait until 4.37 in the morning. You got to have eight tabs open. You, you got to have eight tabs. You got to have, like, this hat on. You got to have a red sock on one you understand? side. You know what I mean? I, that, yeah. I, just, I wanted to spin three times you understand you got to close <laughs> yeah. your laptop and open it before you send the application i just wanted yeah. to confirm with you and see what you were seeing that's what i've been hearing yeah that's what i'm I've just been going hearing. i'm just and i'm just giving you kind of like the data that the data that we've seen hopefully it works like because you know every now and again you'll get in the comment section oh, it worked for me we're not right. saying it didn't we're just going right. off of you know it's what we've seen that's know? it that's it. That's it. Okay. So then now another thing too, right? Because we're talking about tiers. I, I want, I, I want to riff on, riff on one more thing. Let's do it. Let's I, go. I, 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 I got to say it. Let's do it. I thought that this, I thought this is where the question was going. Okay. So the way, the way you were delivering, I said, okay, I think we're going here, but, um, and I think, I think the audience will, will find value in it. When you're filling out an application on there, you have the personal side and then you have the business side. Okay. Um, when you have when you have the personal side, you want to stay true to your numbers. And so one of the ways that you can kind of bump it up is it's asking you for total income. So if mm -hmm. you have a spouse, you know, add you and your spouse on there, the whole nine yard. On the business side, a lot of people say put X amount and that's like ironclad. It's going to get the approval every time. It doesn't. Here's why. So the banks and when they're underwriting it, they're taking a look at, hence, the personal credit side, right? So if I put on there, and I'm going to give you just a ballpark number. If I put on there 350 on an application, I'm mm -hmm. um, not saying that that's the number you should put just off the top of my head. If I put on there 350 on the business revenue, projected revenue side, 
what ends up happening is banks are taking a look at your previous history on the type of car that you've had, uh, the type of car uh, product that you have on there. So, and this is no shade to anyone because I drive a Honda Accord. So I'm going to use this example because I've driven a Honda Accord. Let's say that you have a Honda Accord and it's a 10K loan on it. And you're, you know, just making $180 payments on it. I know it's way more than that, but $180 payments on it. Let's say that you have two credit cards. You have a Discover and a Capital One, both on the personal side. Each of those are, let's say, $800 limits. And then it's, let's say, uh, let's say it's $30 minimums. And you're sending in, let's say, 15 bucks on each of those. The bank is going to see that. And so they're going to say, wait a minute, how is this business, quote unquote, generating $350? And this is where the credit line, you know, this is where, where the credit health is. That's okay. the first issue, bro. The second issue, and again, you'll probably get in trouble for this one, but the uh, the second issue is where you're located at in the country. And so 350 landscaping company in the middle of Cali is totally different from 350 in the middle of Iowa. Very true. You know very, what I mean? Very true. And so banks are looking at that. And then lastly is they're looking at the industry as a whole. 350 for a real estate fix and flip business is seen as totally different as 350 for a trucking business. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I, just, mm -hmm. I just had a riff on that because that's a lot of the garbage that that's in the space. And, um, you know, I, I think that one of the reasons why me and you create content and, and, and you know, our content exists is because we, we want to clear some of that stuff up. Facts. And so, I mean, I've seen, I've seen your stuff and I, I you, you're, you're thorough with what you do and you're, you take a no BS approach. And I really appreciate that about you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, brother. And I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. We didn't go ahead and skate past that. And you got the opportunity to break that down. Cause that was, that was valuable for me. So I'm dang sure know it will be valuable for everyone else that's watching, uh, especially when it comes to the application process. So, so now, right. We have context there I, to dive even deeper because we're talking about mm -hmm. funding sequences, t bank tiers, everything galore. We talked, one of the things we talked about earlier were, different types of prop bank you know uh credit products so we got yeah. business credit cards we got corporate credit we have you know business lines of credit we have just actual full-on bank loans installment lines of credit things like mm -hmm. things of that nature from your experience if i'm looking to get funding is the type of business credit product that i'm looking for how much should that weigh into just the strategy that i'm putting together to get funding right where it's like, yeah. okay, I know that if I'm looking to get funding for, you know, real estate transactions, I should probably lean more towards a line of credit versus if mm -hmm. I'm looking to get funding for my e-com store, maybe I should just look towards regular business credit cards, right? Yeah. How, how, what should my approach be in terms of deciding, okay, from this business credit product to that business credit product, this is the direction I should be going in. Great question, bro. Um, that's going to, that's going to vary quite a bit because if you are a brand spanking new business, no tax returns, you have stellar credit, 100% lean on the business credit cards. That's going to that's gonna be your gateway, right? Six months to a year out, then go back in sometimes with banks. And this is where that relationship and that partnership with the bank comes in handy is that mm -hmm. even if may, you may not have the, the strongest financials, mm -hmm. uh, they do see, okay, they at least have a relationship with us. So that helps kind of offset it with them. Mm -hmm. So when you do go back in for a B-lock, it may not be the biggest B-lock, but it's one that you can hopefully scale into. If you have maybe one-year tax returns, two-year tax returns, and you're at, and you're at a profit, then at that point, you can go ahead and I would say take a look at what a B-lock or, or what a small business loan looks like. The same time, maybe a year ago, we, you know, and I'm going to use the word because it's, it's catchy. It's out there. Everyone knows it in the industry. No doc loans, right? No doc yeah. loans, no doc lines of credit. Another way I say it is, is stated or app only, meaning mm -hmm. they're just going off of what you're putting on there. Right. Um, and again, one of the fastest ways to figure this out is just walk into a bank and ask them, hey, what are some of your requirements for, let's say, a business line of credit? And then usually they'll have a cap on it. So if it's over 50K, they'll say, you know, when your tax returns and or some type of form of collateral. If it's under 50K, we can just go off of maybe the last three months of your business's, um, let's say, uh, you know, bank statements. That's good for me to know because I may not have, let's say, the best tax returns just yet, or I still may be a new business, but I'm cash flowing pretty well. And I can flex that muscle with the bank in tandem with, with my credit. I love it. I like, That's beautiful. Okay. So then from there, right? I go and I apply for funding, whether I go for mm -hmm. a line of credit or a business credit card. I follow everything that I got on this podcast episode. My goal was to get $25,000 in funding from this bank. I apply. They get back to me with my application. They only gave me 7K, 8K, mm -hmm. 10K. I've heard you and I are familiar with just the, the reconsideration process. How can yeah. we now use that or leverage that if we get approved for funding, but we didn't get the exact amount that we wanted to, 
so that we can now circle back to that very same bank and see if we could bump it up to a little bit closer to where we where we really wanted to be when it came to how much how much business credit we got yeah. access to. Absolutely, uh, three ways. Number one is hit the reconsideration line. So that's uh, and I've heard and I've heard you drill on this. So I won't, I won't spend so much time on it. Literally, just call the number on the back of the card, and then yep. just ask them, "Hey, I thought that it would be a little bit higher. Um, you know, this is what I'm looking to do with my business, and then mm -hmm. see where it kind of goes from there." Second option that you have is go in person. If it was if it was underwritten, let's say for a, especially for a B lock, let's say through a business banker, and see what were the determining factors of why it was so low. Maybe there was something that was uh, a typo. Maybe you meant to put one twenty five, but instead maybe you put seventy five. Something must have happened. And sometimes they'll look into it and they'll say, okay, are you going into a and they'll ask, are you going to a prime time season? Is it, is it high time for you right now? So you can give them a little bit more. I say context around your situation and they can kind of bump that up a little bit more because they're trying to set it for you just as much as you want to. And then lastly, and I like to prepare clients to do this prior, but now that you're in the situation, let's say if that doesn't work, ask them how often, let's say if they're revisiting every three months or every month, are they going to be revisiting your income? Because mm -hmm. if you're familiar, especially with like an Apple card where you can just open it up on the app and you can put new income. Bam, yeah. bam, or sometimes Wells Fargo yep. or Bank of America, they, they yep. ask you, what's your new income? Ask them how often they're revisiting your business's revenue and your business's health. And usually it's 90 day cycles. That's how it works. And so at mm. that point, you would go back after 90 days and say, hey, I've had a 100% increase in income so or uh, business revenue. So if I was making 10K a month, I'm now at 20. That's 100% bump. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I'm at 20 now. Let them know. And then bring your, your bank statements with you. And mm -hmm. that's how you get a, a, another boost. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I got I got one more question before we go ahead and cl close this thing out when it comes to the funding process. Like I said, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this because this is also another key component or another yeah. key thing that I normally hear people talk about with funding. When we talk about the business funding process, I've heard about foreign entities. We, we talk mm -hmm. about funding sequences and bank tiers and all these different things. Shelf corps. Mm -hmm. People leveraging shelf corps in terms of I see you smiling already. Shelf corps. <laughs> shelf corps. You, you 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 wanted to get me in trouble in this podcast. No, I, no, no, I, no, no, I, no, 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 not at all. all. Not at all. <laughs> Listen, all <laughs> I just I just want to make sure that if I got one of the premier premier names in the space that I oh, if I, I got to ask every question I know that somebody's yeah, yeah, watching yeah. this wants to know. Where do you stand when it comes to shelf corps? I see you smiling. I see you blushing already. I don't know where you're gonna go with this. So I'm I'm gonna I'm roll the ball in your court, and you let me know. Yeah, yeah. Say, you really do this funding. The fun, when it comes to funding, you really do this. Where do you stand when it comes to shelf corps? We personally stay away from it. So mm. I've seen I've seen look I've seen situations where it's worked for people, but I've seen more situations where it, it just hurt. It just hurt them. And okay. So they'll buy. Um, a business or rather an entity, I should say, they'll, they'll buy an entity just to find out that, you know, the, the business has liens on it, has UCC filings, mm -hmm. um, they Great. owe in taxes. And so they're inheriting all of that. Right. And so that's the first part. The second part of it is you're getting the age, which is cool. But keep in mind, for some of the big boy products, you got to have the financials to back it up. So you still don't have tax returns for it. And then the other side of it is you still got to PG it. So if you got crappy credit, you're not doing anything. There's a lot of stuff that surfaces online where it says, get yourself, uh, you know, banks don't want to do business with, with small companies or, or, or babies, right? Get yourself something aged. That doesn't, that doesn't skip the process of you got to produce real numbers in your business if you want to get some of those B-locks, again, off of income. And also, you got to do the work. So if that credit isn't on point on the personal side, you're, you're still going to be in the gap. You're still going to be in the waiting period. I love it. My guy. Listen, I hope I ain't get you in trouble on the episode. You're I, good, bro. You're yeah, good. I, I yeah, hope, I hope, good. I hope I don't get, I don't get you. You don't get any DMs <laughs> after this. Like I heard you was saying this and this. About I heard Shelf you Corp. said this, and I'm, a, I'm all for it. I'm all for it because, um, and I, you know, I just want to say I appreciate you, you, you know, inviting me, have me right. on here. You know, I, I saw when, when when you hit me up, and I said, yeah, let, let, let's rock with it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, because this is this is important information for for all of our audiences. And for so sure. if we can just be like a, like a, like a beacon of hope and just a pillar, just different, just give you a different look on mm -hmm. the situation that you and I work with every single day and just yep. have you think about it differently. That was like my whole goal with this and our collab is let's just have people think about it differently before they do something just because they heard it and actually think it through of like, but wait a minute, if we're just looking at, let's say foundational principles, it doesn't really align. Then what the hell am I doing? That's it. That's it. Listen, Irv. Always a pleasure, brother. Thank you so much for the time, the value information, and just absolutely. coming on here and absolutely rocking it. I know we got to get you out of here, but before we do, for anyone that's watching this episode right now, 
Where can they find you? Where can they tap in with you? And more importantly, just tell them about any and everything that you have going on right now. Yeah, just um, honestly on YouTube, find all the stuff. Um, you know, I don't know if you're going to tag it, but Herb Official or, or Irvin Pena. That's really, I got the IG, have all the handles. I would say that if you want the most just credit education from my side, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to sell you, sell you anything. I just want you to be educated. Just yep. hit up the YouTube channel um, and you'll, you'll be able to learn a thing or two on how we're actually doing it with our clients, like day in, day out, like real, uh, real life business owners. At that point, if you want to, if you want to take a look at your, your business, see where you're at, see how we can help you scale that funding. At that point, book a call with our team inside innercircle.com. Um, but again, man, I just wanted to come on here and provide as much value for you. Like no hidden agenda. Just wanted to drop as much as we could for the, for, for the people. A thousand percent, man. A thousand percent. Well, I, I appreciate you greatly, brother. And as he said, I'll make sure, of course, to leave all your links and everything else in the description. Of course, tag you on the video title as well. But my brother, thank you so much for coming on here yeah. and providing a, a, a ridiculous, an, an, an unholy amount of free value <laughs> information when it comes to all things business funding. I, I appreciate you tremendously. And for everybody who's watching at home, I appreciate y'all. Listen, if you haven't already, what are you doing? Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now to just go ahead slap the like button and show this episode some love make sure you guys happen with any and all things business funding with irv as well but as always ladies and gentlemen i'm marvin francois that's irv pena y'all have been good we've been great this has been amazing and as always thank you and god bless peace oh.